Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We're back. We are back. I missed this. Yeah, me too. Yeah. We are back. This is going to be an awesome year for us. Or for the podcast, at least. Oh, yeah. Did I just jinx us? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hope touch, not. Touch wood. Yeah, okay. I have wood. I, get, I think. Yeah. Well, who knows these days? So I'm sitting in this brand new um, meeting room, and it's the table's kind of shitty because uh, <laughs> it well it's like it's a really nice um, really nice table, big large table, but the uh, like bottom part is um, rusty metal. Rusty, isn't it brand new? Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's like vintage style. Oh. Um, <laughs> But the like the the rust like wears off on your clothes. Oh my god! It's like super terrible. Um, so I'm I'm trying to stay like away from it. Don't get too close. Next hipster level. <laughs> well, we don't have follow up. That's true. It's too too long ago. I forgot about all of it. Yeah, even if we did, <laughs> I I wouldn't know. <laughs> Wait, what's this podcast again? I think it's the um AT, the. Um, Talk show? I don't know. Lane. Okay. So uh, you wanted to talk about some um, an episode that I did uh, for Sketchcast, right? Yeah. What's this all about? Yeah, I was curious. Um, so it's uh, designing with CSS and Sketch, right? Right. Right. So this uh, this was a, an episode that I that I posted on Sketchcast last week. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Sketchcast is this website that I run where I post, like I have a weekly uh, screencast tutorial um, on Sketch. And um, by the way, I'm going to put this episode available for free for every listener of the layout. So Ooh, you can just nice. hit the link in the show notes or just go to sketchcast.net slash episode slash wow, 57, I think. Um, so take a look at that. Uh, where I this episode, I I talk about this brand new plugin for Sketch, uh, where you can basically you can write CSS to design in Sketch. I hope that makes sense. So basically, you create a less style sheet. Uh, it doesn't support SAS. The developer chose less. Womp, and womp. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's okay, whatever. So you basically you have this style sheet. And then you target um, groups and in, in layers on Sketch, like through a class, basically. And you can do stuff like like this navigation bar. It has a margin top of 20 pixels and all the elements inside have a padding of X and whatever. So you can design all of this and change background colors and change positioning and whatever uh, using CSS. And then just hit save and um, the Sketch file will refresh to so you can see the changes like in almost real time so that was pretty interesting um so that's what we are talking about Mm -hmm. so how do you find it like the whole experience of of doing that i I assume that was the first time you kind of played with doing css in a visual like editor no yeah it was uh and it was surprisingly uh, familiar because even though it was the first time I used CSS or any you know code related thing for to to design like on a design tool, 
there are a lot of times that I use CSS like to design directly on a browser, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, also, like you just don't even have like a clear picture or you don't have a mock or something and you just design using like writing CSS. So it's kind of like that. It's like you are designing and writing the code like all at the same time. You don't separate things. And it's it's weird to see Sketch uh, basically like reacting to this. I don't know exactly how the developer wrote this plugin, but I know he's using WebKit basically to parse all of the CSS and then hmm. magic. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. But it, it, it's weird, but I have to admit, like, there are a lot of uh, small things that I haven't thought about previous to this that uh, actually make, make, they make a lot of sense for someone who knows how to write CSS. They make a lot of sense to actually just do it there. Like I, I mentioned in this, um, in this example before, like a navigation bar, like you want to set this in a list or every element just like float left and have a 20 padding left or something stuff like this right which yeah. um it can be tedious especially if you have a lot of elements it can be tedious to do that like manually like dragging and dropping stuff in sketch and sketch has some tools that help us uh with that like uh, make grid tool right yeah that distribute um, the objects and you know distributing like evenly between elements stuff like that mm. but uh still like for these particular elements actually make uh, make a lot of sense. It makes stuff easier. And can you mix like editing stuff directly in Sketch and editing the styles in, in CSS? So let's say, I don't know, you set a color in your CSS, but then go override it in Sketch. Does it screw up or? If you save again the style sheet, it will override the changes mm-hmm. that you made in Sketch. So yeah, you kind of have to, like it's a commitment. Like you have, you to, have to go all it. in. Yeah, if you if you're going to you know mess with colors and stuff, um, like typography, you know. Um, but but the cool thing is you don't have to you know just use that. You can do like all of the layout, for example, of a page in Sketch, and then just the you know the, the typography elements or something. Just that you want to you know change line height and change font size and stuff like that you can do all that in in um in the style sheet and right. uh, one of the examples by the way we're going to link this plugin uh, the github page for this plugin in the show notes and if you download the zip file of like of that github repo they have like the developer provided uh, like a folder with examples so he's showcasing this like the potential of this in very different examples um in one of them he actually showed me uh, not me, <laughs> showed us, like you can create, because it's using less, you can create like uh, a bunch of variables. And what he did was he basically created like these two themes for this for this app, like like a dark theme or whatever, like a function, like th- all of these elements are dark and the text is white. Oh, and then yeah, if yeah. you just change that variable, you can switch for a light theme, for example, right? So that's pretty nice. powerful. And it, there wouldn't be a way for you to do that. Yeah, like that would have actually been really useful when I was designing checkout. See, because ba- basically we have a bunch of different like theme customization options. Um, and what I was doing was every week I would change the style completely to see how the different customization options would work in in mm-hmm. real life. Um, so it would have been great to be able to just like change like four lines of CSS and have something that looks completely different. 
Were you using like symbols? No, because symbols are awful. <laughs> I hate symbols and textiles. The idea of symbols is really great. So if you're not yeah. familiar with them, is basically in Sketch you can define either a group or an element and say, okay, this is a symbol and I'm going to reuse that symbol somewhere else. So the same way you can like draw a shape, you can choose to put in, insert a symbol that already exists. And all these symbols are linked together. So whenever you make a change to one symbol, all of the others update. So the idea is that let's say you have a website and you have the same header and same footer all the time and only the content in the middle changes. You can have like all your artboards with the different uh, content on each page and have the symbols for the header, symbols for the footer. And if later down the road you say like, oh, I want to change something in the header, you can change it only once and it updates everywhere. Uh, and that's great. The idea is is awesome. Um, but in real life, <laughs> when I noticed that when I design, I really do experiment and try a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, what I normally do is copy the artboard over, try a new change, a new idea, and see if it works or if it doesn't. Uh, or another thing I would do is, let's say I have a green button and I want to make a red button uh, somewhere else because it's a delete button or whatever. Um, I will copy the first button and paste it and then change the color there. Um, but in that case, since it's a symbol, um, it's going to override <laughs> the other places I've done it. Um, and I keep doing this by mistake like <laughs> all the time. And we never learn. Yeah, no, exactly. So I guess the problem is me. <laughs> Sketch, it's not you, it's me. Uh, but <laughs> Um, Show title. I, I every episode I try to have something funny to say, um, just for a short title. Um, but um, it, yeah, the the feature it just doesn't work for me. It it just ends up being more work than the times it it saves me. Yeah, so the problem is I I love symbols in the first hour. <laughs> When yes. I, you know, when I define symbols and I, I create them and I reuse them, like when I'm aware, yeah. the problem with symbols is when when I I forget about them, mm -hmm. and then like you are, like I use a lot of uh, pages in Sketch, so like I'm I don't know three pages in and I, <laughs> I I'm doing my thing and then I go back to like the first page and stuff like is broken and I'm like. <laughs> Why, how, why, God? Yeah. And then I remember, oh, fuck, it's the <laughs> symbols thing. Um, actually, there's a plugin to, like, uh, remove, like, eliminate every symbol text style and layer style and stuff like stuff. For like real? So, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, there's a symbol for that. And I think I'm going to just keep using that. Cause that, yeah. <laughs> like in old files, because the, there's no way I will maintain that. I didn't know so, about that plugin. Yeah, That's I'm gonna awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can find it and I'm gonna put it in the show notes. What I would like to see is things like I don't know, maybe maybe color still would you would end up in that same problem. But I find that like setting a swatch and you say, Okay, this is my accent color would be would be better. Um because in that case you can use it wherever you want. 
as like a, a background color, as a fill color or whatever. Um, and it could only update when you change that specific swatch rather than changing the background color of that element. Right, right. So I think that could be more useful, but it's, it's probably a lot more complex to uh, to implement. Well, I don't, maybe not. Uh, we should we should send that to the sketch guys. So basically, what you're saying is instead of having, or not instead, maybe like adding on top of yeah. it, because some people might like the simple thing. But what you're saying is instead of having, for example, like we have these three different elements, and we have we apply it a fill color. Um, uh, this sounded a lot like Phil Collins, and I can't <laughs> not think about it. Can apply that. Phil Collins too. <laughs> yeah, Phil Collins to these elements. Uh, man, I lost my. Okay, so instead of having that as like a, for example, a layer style, like all of these layers are like have this fill color. What he's saying is, this color that I'm applying is like the tint color, and every time I change the tint color, like. Everything that has this fill or border or whatever changes. Right? Yep. I, yeah, I that'd be awesome. It. Yeah, okay. We're going to send that to the sketch guys. Or maybe they listen thing, to the show. Another thing I find myself wishing for is um, the ability to, to do smart objects. Hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, have, you, have you used that in Photoshop? I did. That was, that was pretty great. That, that's... That's yeah, so the use case there is sometimes um, I'll have, like, I'll design a UI somewhere uh, for an app, let's say, and then... <laughs> I still love it about the field comments. <laughs> <laughs> Show <Sure>, tackle. <laughs> Fly <laughs> field comments. <laughs> Sorry, man. Go on. No, that's fine. Uh, so, yeah, you're designing an app. Um, and then you're doing, let's say, a marketing website for it. And you want to place that um, screenshot inside a device for like a marketing something uh, mm-hmm. to show the screenshot or the, dev- the, the app in action. Uh, it'd be great to be able to use the live UI that you designed and import it into that file and be able to change the size and things like that um, and have them both in sync. Right. Yeah, it's basically like like you hear that Instinct. for sketch is a <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> boom, wow, this is the best episode ever. Oh, so yeah, basically it's like having a mini sketch file inside a sketch file. Like that's what basically smart objects are, right? Yep, that's the way I see it. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty great. I hope um sketch adds that maybe maybe not whatever. Yeah. Also, while we're on the topics of um, suggestions for Sketch, have you ever tried printing something from Sketch? Printing? Yeah. What do you mean? What What's a print? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'll take that as a no. <laughs> you mean like a like physically printing something on paper? Uh, that's awesome. I'm serious. There, if someone needs to make a Tumblr, that's. <laughs> Explaining uh, old technology to, to millennials. Come on, I, I mean <laughs> that'd be fantastic. I'm I, I still I faxed people, so uh, <laughs> it's not like out of my time. But is that what you mean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh. take something that's on your screen and print it with ink on a piece of paper. 
it, that's, that's like so an iPad crazy. screen, but much cheaper oh, wow. uh, and a lot thinner. Wow. <laughs> Why would you do that, though? Um, well, no, I'm kind of OK. I'm messing around with you. But so would you like print directly, not just a PDF or something? I didn't even know Sketch had that feature. Does it? <laughs> they do, but <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Well, it, yeah, it's it's just it's it's hilarious actually. It's it, it's so bad that it, be, it gets funny. Like yeah, I don't think the beta testers are testing that feature. <laughs> <laughs> you hit print and you have to select your artboard. And if you're like me, you have like twenty thousand artboards. Uh, so you pick the one you want, and then it'll show up like your artwork halfway like down the page half cut off <laughs> like it's completely completely broken oh it's man like, well uh, yeah, you know what, what i end up if... doing is just export to pdf and then print yeah. the pdf <laughs> which works fine for some reason yeah if i were to print something or to try to print something that's how i would do it i wouldn't look for a print uh, you know feature yeah. menu <laughs> yeah oh man but it's funny. Yeah, CSS and Sketch. <laughs> Yay. Going back to that, just to, just to close that up, uh, it's something that I mentioned on the Sketchcast episode. It's like I I've, I think that this is this can be pretty pretty cool for web developers, like not someone who is very familiar with Sketch or other design tools, but you know a web developer that wants to you know mess around with Sketch because I actually I know a lot of them in from Sketchcast members like a huge portion of them are are just are developers are not you know they don't call themselves like designers mm-hmm. um and back at my my old company like my old job i i i know at least three developers who you know never had an interest in doing design work but they they installed sketch and they said it like i'm going to design my website and this. this is pretty easy and cool That's awesome. so yeah i think this plugin is cool for them but Kind of like that uh, that plugin that we mentioned on the Figma episode, the um, the thing like designing with constraints plugin. Um, it's like it's still a plugin, so I right. can't trust this to be a core part of my process, like my workflow. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's very cool to play around and, and and record an episode about it, and it's like look at all the possibilities. But then I, it's hard for me to stick with it. Basically. Right, yeah, and also I wonder how how is it like to share? So if you want to send your sketch file to somebody else, I assume you have to send send them also the CSS file. Hmm, that's a good question. Well, I guess if you send a file just like that, it it will look how it It'll looks. It'll look fine. Like but it's they not can't really edit anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we have to you know just send the last file as well mm-hmm. and a link to the plugin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But uh cool. Actually I I really like that there's this seemingly like healthy um like plugin community around Sketch. I think that's oh, definitely. that's really great. Because there's a it lot is. of ideas there that can make their way onto sc- Sketch proper if they if they make sense. So yeah, I think that's Or that's even if cool. not, like even if the Sketch guys won't pick this up and make it a uh, you know a huge part of the app itself it's a good validation like yeah yeah 
is there's an audience for this and is this feasible is this uh, does this work mm. right and Or maybe features that know, don't make sense for everybody but only for a certain subset of of people then instead of being part of the app and make it making it super bloated like photoshop um yeah. have them as separate plugins that you can install if you're interested but i think like uh, so let's let's imagine this scenario uh that you know this plugin becomes extremely popular and it's everything like everyone's talking about it and everyone's using it i still don't think sketch will you know pick it up and make it a part of sketch itself but i think it's a good starting point for someone to build a tool like that like kind of like framer you have a you know text editor in the the canvas but uh, make that canvas a little more interactive and you know it could be like a new tool i'm not saying that it will be right. I, do you <laughs> I, see I design it. tools going more towards um, having code be part of the way that you interact with them. So things like Framer, where it's it's very visual, uh, but it's also very code-heavy. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's aimed at designers. Do you think that there's going to be more and more apps that um, are going to leverage that, the fact that a lot of designers are starting to learn to code a lot more than they used mm -hmm. to to do different things? Ah, oh, that's a hard question. I, I don't, th I don't think so for now. Um, and I, I think because we we see, you know, more and more designers who know how to code and you know actually want to code their own products and stuff. I see a lot of this, like this friction, which is like, like stuff like Framer. If you're a designer and you learn how to code. And you use Framer, you write code for Framer to build these beautiful animations and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then if you go the extra extra mile and you actually want to code that app or that product or whatever, yeah. then all that Framer code is useless, right? It, it doesn't port. So I actually think that uh, maybe like designers, if this trend or this thing of designers, you know, knowing how to code, learning how to code, if this progresses to the next level uh i think designers will just like either design or directly build their products like in xcode or like on a web app or android or like directly there right because uh it doesn't make much sense let's say like i'm a designer i know how to i know how to code if i want to build an app for myself mm -hmm. it doesn't make much sense to you know spend a lot of your time in Sketch or Photoshop or whatever, building your UI, and then spend a lot of time in Framer or Origami or whatever, building a prototype and building the animations, and then spend a lot of time in Xcode or on Text Editor or whatever. Like, it's not worth it. Like, uh, especially if you're like a one-man job, like it's just yourself, you can't really afford to spend that much time on each these individual stages of of development. So we're just gonna yeah. straight like. Well, often to, I feel like um, actually just prototyping takes as much time as doing it proper, uh, if you know what you're doing, of course. But mm. um, a lot of the time, like if you're playing with an animation or something like that, um, there's a lot of library, like Swift libraries, or that allow you to do animations super easily in Xcode. And what's amazing is that. <laughs> It's already it's already in Xcode, so 
if, if you start building the app, you already have all that, that code written for you. Um, so. Yes and no. Uh, because Xcode, like, you are right. There are tons of libraries, like animation libraries and stuff. So you can actually, like, you can do things pretty quickly. But the problem with Xcode, it's not, like, I think for designers, the problem with Xcode is all of the baggage that comes in. Like, you can't just, like, open Xcode, create a new project, build mm-hmm. an animation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's this whole thing, and then you have to code signing errors and build it <laughs> into your <laughs> into your device. And like, you can't just like you have to drag web views and view controllers and stuff. And I don't know whatever you're gonna do, but uh, like, mm-hmm. it's not just like plug and play. You know, like in the other hand, Framery, like you open it, you have an element like new layer done, and then start your animation. And um, in Framer's defense, like I, I really like that. I, I don't have any. I'm not affiliated with the Framer dudes. I just like that mm-hmm. app. And I, I, I have to tell you, like even though they have a steep learning curve, when you get yourself comfortable with the tool, it's actually pretty, pretty fast. And I don't know if you, if you are um, familiar with the modules thing of Framer. Like it's kind of like plugins, whatever. I'm not. It's, I didn't it's know like, that, that existed. <laughs> yeah, so module is like it's a coffee script file okay. where you can there are a ton of resources online, like you can download modules and it's kinda like functionality already written for you, like like a library in a way. So for example, there's this very cool module for um for navigation in Tabar, like for iOS. So if you're designing uh, an app like in Framer, like an iOS app, you can just drop that module and just say, like with a very few lines of code, like have a complete navigation bar, like with the tab targets and back swipe and stuff like that. Or like if you if you have to have a video playing in in there, like Framer just like out of the box, it's, it, it can be kind of complicated, especially if you like you have no idea how to do it. Um, so there's like a video file, video player module. So you can just drag that in and just like new video, bam. Like, right. So what I'm trying to say is, if you get familiar with it, you can you can do things pretty pretty fast, actually. Yeah. So yeah, I think I see your point. I just it's well, it's the not distinction here clear. is that if you're designing and building an app yourself, you're probably better off doing that stuff in Xcode because if you're going to be building it, that means you, you're already familiar with Xcode. So you should yeah. go right away there because that's what you're comfortable with. But if you're designing something that somebody else is going to build, then something like Framer is going to be way easier and way simpler to get started with. Completely um, agree with you. Yeah. But um, I, I also agree that um, the like more visual design side and the code like code side are going to remain fairly separated um because to me these are two parts of my brain like i both design and code um but i'm very conscious that it two different parts of my brain are are working so when i'm designing i'm going to be experimenting a lot trying a bunch of different stuff. I'm going to make like happy accidents sometimes. And that's all part of the process. It's generating a lot of ideas and not having a specific plan in mind and being open to a lot of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Whereas whenever I'm coding, 
it's a lot more thinking about, okay, the structure, what's the best way to like implement this? How can I make this be um, as simple and as understandable as possible? So in that way, I feel like um, if you're trying to bring code too much into the visual design process, then you're like preventing yourself from uh, exploring all these possibilities. And in turn, it's gonna make your code kind of bad because if you're trying a bunch of stuff, that means like your code is gonna change a lot um, and it's probably not gonna be the best code ever uh, mm. because you have all these things that are remaining from the like five experiments ago that like thing that you tried. Um, what makes Framer work is that it's never intended to go to production. So it's it's sort of throwaway code, if I can mm -hmm. <laughs> say say it yeah, like that. Like the it's the code isn't deliverable in itself. It's more um, the communication tool that allows you to have conversation with engineers, with product managers, with like, different people. Um, to know, does this make sense, yes or no? It's more a communication tool than, yeah, mm -hmm. than a programming like language or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense, and I agree with that. When I'm coding either web or iOS or whatever, I, I really like having a very clear picture of what I'm gonna do, like visually, yeah. like having the UI settled when I start you know, coding. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I, that's a fair point. I agree with you. And it doesn't mean that there isn't changes. Like I feel like whenever I start uh, coding, I always think that I have a good idea about the design, but then I learn different things along the way. Um, mm -hmm. But And when you're coding, that's where all the constraints come into play and yeah. all the consistency aspect too. <laughs> it's like you realize, well, I have 15 different spacing <laughs> here and yeah. there like maybe we should make that a bit more consistent um so they make you realize a lot of things um but it's different concerns uh for both of them yeah definitely i always go back like yep i always go I back to, to, to come back and forth too yeah yeah cool so you made a big purchase recently yeah, I did, uh, and I I just want to talk about this. Like, I I generally just just want to know your opinion on this because I have a sure. I'm debating this uh, myself. So I bought I've placed an order on on a like maxed out iMac 5K Retina 5K iMac Apple desktop computer. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, I bought an iMac and. I still don't have it. Uh, it should be here in like a week or so. Um, so what do you have right now? Right now, I'm still, I'm, I still have the same. I, I have my Retina MacBook Pro 15 okay. inch. That's what I've been using for the past three years, three to four years. The classic maybe. MacBook that everyone has. <laughs> uh, is it? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, 15 MacBook Pro. Like ask any designer developer. That's what everyone has. Usually they have a 13-inch, though. Really? I see I way know. more 13 inches than oh, that's 15 interesting. inches. Yeah. So here's, here's the question. So I'm going to buy this, and this is going to be used. Like, I work from home, so mm -hmm. it's not that big of a problem to have a, you know, a desktop computer. Um, well, wait, I'm gonna so what 
why did you want to buy a new computer? Okay, so my girlfriend, she wanted to buy a new computer, like to basically for gaming. Okay. <laughs> so she wanted this, um, yeah, she wanted a, a desktop computer, like for gaming, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm like, you know what? An iMac would be awesome. I would <laughs> love to have an iMac. So <laughs> let's buy that together. Uh, if I would to pay it for myself, like I couldn't really afford it. But uh, since we're going to split it halfway, uh, sure. So this is going to be like a shared computer. It's like it's be the mm-hmm. house computer. So because I work from home, like, you know, during the day, no one's here. So the, I don't have that problem. You know, someone ha- ha- wants to use it and I can't or whatever. So right. I'm going to have this. Like This is going to be my work machine, basically. But um, and I'm pretty excited about it. Like what that are you screen doing is, with your 15 inch? I'm going to sell it. OK. Basically, it's a payoff. At right. Least part of, of mm-hmm. the iMac. But um, the question is, I am going to have a desktop computer and I feel that I really, I need some mobile machine, right? I need to have something to use either when I'm, when I'm traveling or, you know, when I just want to go for, like to the coffee shop for, for a few hours or whatever. Uh, I don't want to be, you know, constrained to be, you have to be at home all the time because if some emergency happens, whatever. So the debate is, and this is what I want to ask you, I'm thinking um, between buying uh, an iPad Pro or the new MacBook, like the MacBook One Mm. port thing, right? Right. Like when I placed the order on the iMac, I immediately thought, okay, I'm going to buy one of those uh, MacBooks because I I so wanted one, (laughs) like since they were announced, Uh, they're they're gorgeous. (laughs) And I, I want one so bad and I couldn't really justify it because it's it's super slow machine. Like if that's gonna be your working machine, you my can. fifteen inch MacBook Pro right now looks like the old um like super thick MacBook with the C D <laughs> yeah. drive in it. That's yeah, how yeah. it feels when you see the new MacBook. I know, right? So like when they announced it, I was like, ah fuck, I can't do this. It's like when their new beta is out and you want to install a new main device. Like, mm. <laughs> you know you shouldn't, but you <laughs> want it. So yeah. I really want to buy that machine. So when I placed the order on iMac, I was like, okay, fine. Now I can buy that MacBook because it's um, Hovering it's fine. the buy button. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's okay that it doesn't, like, it's not super fast because uh, it's not going to be my main work machine. It's like, mm-hmm. a, it's a secondary machine, whatever. But then... Uh, like lately I've been thinking like maybe um, I should buy an iPad Pro because like since you're going to have this Mac at home super powerful or whatever like it's good to be on the you know on the new wave in the in the future dip your toes in the future and right. work from an iPad Pro sometimes yeah. and it's going to be awesome and it's going to be a cool device to have because uh, I, I said it already, like I don't use an iPad. I have an iPad 2, um, mm. <laughs> which is useless right now, really <laughs> useless. Yeah. Um, so like I, I feel that as a designer or as a as a professional in, in this industry, I should at least like be very familiar and aware of what's going on. And maybe mm-hmm. this whole new thing of, you know, iPad Pro, it's a new thing we don't know if this is going to be like a huge thing in the future it's going to grow or sell well or whatever but i feel that maybe i should i should i should have one at least at least to know what 
everyone's talking about. Yeah, that well, that's something I've been feeling too. Is it's kind of funny that um, people that work in the technology field, um, so designers, developers, are the ones that are the least <laughs> going to be able to do their work in the <laughs> new world. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like iPads and, uh, and like touchscreen devices, like it's it's almost as if like we're getting left behind. Like we've never been in that situation. We've always been like super progressive and like we're the ones that can do all our work from like just one computer. I don't need to. I don't need fancy equipment. I don't need anything. I can do everything from that computer. Mm-hmm. But now there's a new generation of people that look at my computer and they're like I don't want this like I can do my work from like this super like thin like and like table uh tablet that I can carry with me everywhere that's a good point and it's like ah so I totally feel like that that same feeling that you do um and I've been looking a little bit um into design apps for iPad uh, to try to see how it's like to design on an iPad. But before we go there, like, it's not even like design work that I'm expecting to be able to do on an iPad. It's, but we're, we're going to talk about this, but it's, it's more like most of my work, I would say like 70% of my work uh, is spent on Sketch, uh, Final Cut, and Logic. That's like the main tools that I use. But the other 30% is like email and web browsing and like doing research for the podcast or for Sketchcast or whatever. And, right. uh, you know, messaging beyond Slack and all that. And that 30%, I can perfectly do it on an iPad. Yeah, um, for sure. So, for example, I'm, I'm terrible at email. Like, I'm really bad at email. <laughs> but, uh, like, the, I, I like that, you know, that romantic side of, the, like... If I have an iPad and I'm going to go to the coffee shop with just that iPad, I will have to focus on these tasks because it's, a, you know, even though we have multitask, it's like a very uh, focused product to work on, right? Yeah. Um, so I kind of like that, but it's always a risk because if I have a MacBook, I love the Mac. Like, I love the Mac. Uh, if I buy a MacBook, it's not a risk, like, at all. It's it's kind of like what I have right now. I said I'm going to have two computers instead of one. It'd be like nothing is going to change and the ipad is a risk so yeah well so yeah there you go i think it depends what kind of work that you want that computer to serve for um if you want to be able to do real work <laughs> design work yeah uh, giant air quotes um i'd say go with the macbook um and that's just because it's impossible for you to design or develop something on the iPad, and at least right now. Um, and we really wish we could, and maybe we will in the future. And I'm gonna talk to you later about uh, an app that gets really close. Um, mm-hmm. But if you want to be safe right now, um, the better option would be the MacBook. Um, but, but I don't have a good track record of, you know, making safe moves. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if if you suppose you buy the want to buy the the MacBook, please wait until <laughs> the new uh, one yeah. comes out. Uh, yeah, there there are two things I'm waiting for, you know, before making 
any decision on this matter, which is, yeah, the the new revision of this MacBook is going to be out soon-ish. It was announced, what, like March or something? Like in the beginning of the year, last year? Yeah, last year, yeah. And uh, the other thing is I'm I'm really going to wait to see what uh, iOS 10 has in store because I have this feeling that they're going to focus more on the iPad Pro because the iPad Pro, yeah. I played with it like uh, two days ago. It's still, it's like a ridiculous, like you, you unlock the home screen. It's like, what is this? Are you, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Like, this is ridiculous. Like it's, my iPad mini looks like an iPhone next to it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not just the size. It's, we've talked about this. It's like the unused like potential here. Like, what are you doing? So I'm going to wait. I, I, I hope Apple, you know, tackles this, this problem with iOS 10. Um, it's right. Weird to say that at all. Um, I f- I feel like the iPad Pro is a safe bet, though. Like you could buy the iPad Pro today, uh, and it would support the iOS 10 features. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. But you know, if if iOS mm. 10 comes out and it's basically the same, yeah, then you'll maybe be I should get a MacBook. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So talk talk tell me about this this app for oh, the yeah. iPad. Oh, another thing I wanted to say. Sorry. <laughs> okay. No, that's fine. Um. It's going to be a really expensive year for me. So <laughs> Yeah, for me as well. I, I started out poor, <laughs> broke. I was, I was looking at the predictions or whatever. So new MacBooks and MacBook Pros. So mm. who knows? I'll buy, I'll buy a new machine, that's for sure. So either going to be a Pro or a straight-up MacBook. Um, mm-hmm. If they're powerful enough, um, Got it. potentially a Retina cinema display, which is gonna be super expensive. <laughs> but and I'm gonna buy dreaming. and I'm gonna buy two of them. I'm gonna buy one for home and one for the office. Um, new <laughs> iPhone, and I'm due for an update. Mm-hmm. And there's gonna be a new Apple Watch that I'm probably gonna want if it's any good. Um, so yeah that's gonna be an expensive year (laughs) yeah this is i'm I'm pulling a casey list and i'm saying right here that uh i have like 90 percent chance that i won't be getting a new iphone this year um oh you're gonna get a new iphone (laughs) are you kidding me i i started out like in the s cycle so i upgraded every every other year and I mm. like that. I broke that. Did you have a cycle. six? Yeah, I broke that cycle <laughs> with the six success. You'll break again. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, I had the a good cycle I had a, too. No, I had a five S too. <laughs> oh shit! No, Basically, I never had a cycle. <laughs> the only iPhone I never had was a five. <laughs> I skipped that one. Oh yeah, well, forget about that. And the Apple Watch. <laughs> I'm gonna say here, like right now, I don't, I don't want to buy a new one. Oh, I don't by the way, want to either, but I feel like I'm gonna want it. Want to hear something crazy? What the Apple Watch is gonna be like? Is it's being out? Uh, it's gonna be sold in Portugal in the 26th of this month. <laughs> About time. <laughs> right. So like if, if people this, in Portugal are gonna be able to buy a new, new, brand new, top of the line Apple Watch 
in the end of January, and they announced one in like in March or whatever. Can you imagine someone buys it like 15k Apple Watch? <laughs> Two months later, <laughs> the new model comes out. Do you think there's any chance, like any chance, Apple will offer like an upgrade program, like for the Apple Watch? Like, no. You know, if you if you hand over your old Apple Watch, they just, I don't know. Because no, I feel for I those people that to. spend like eleven thousand um, dollars on a gold Apple Watch, and you know. Yeah, I. Yeah, I don't think so. I think the only thing is maybe tell your employees to say like, you know, maybe maybe you want to wait, but um, other than that, I don't think I don't think they need to like it's. It yeah. just doesn't yeah. seem worth it. Um, it's not an Apple move, that's for sure. Yeah, no. Hmm. Okay, so tell tell me about this. Uh, so this app. so graphic. Um, so I heard about this. Someone tweeted about it. Um, and it's an app. Uh, it was acquired recently by Autodesk. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, it's a vector-based drawing app. Um, but if you think about it, it's it's a vector drawing app the same way that Sketch is. Like it's like you can draw shapes and everything, but I think the main use is for things like UI um, and like designing like posters or whatever. Um, so it's surprisingly really full featured. You can like draw shapes, import images have text, have all the different um, like layer styles that you'd expect, shadows, feel, fills, borders, you can even do like arrows and things like that. Um, you have alignment controls, uh, you're able to uh, have multiple layers, um, you can export your file to SVG, PDF, all that sort of stuff. So. Uh, and it's available for the iPad and the iPhone. Uh, oh, so, really? yeah, I, yeah, I you know can yeah. <laughs> you can design stuff for, from your iPhone. Um, I haven't tried it on my iPhone though. Um, haven't gone that far. Um, so it's super close to Sketch in terms of the feature set that it offers. Uh, and honestly, for an iPad app, it's super powerful. Uh, I was really impressed, and DUI makes a lot of sense. Um, so, for example, like if you're drawing a line, uh, if you if you were to do that on a Mac to make a straight line, you'd hold uh, like Command while you're you're drawing. Um, and I was like, oh, on the iPad, how do you do this? So my first thought was, oh, maybe I maybe I put another finger on on the screen while I draw, and that's exactly how it works. So if you want to draw straight lines, you like just put another finger on the screen and it like straightens the line. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I played with it, um, tried designing for fun because I was like, what could could this be useful for? So I, I tried designing an iPad app. On the iPad, like that seems like a good idea. <laughs> Very meta. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's perfect though. You can see it in context. You can feel how it feels in your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically the dream: design an app 
or the device that um, you're designing for directly on that device. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing that um, that I noticed was that it's pretty small on my iPad mini. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it's doable, but like there's a lot of controls, a lot of stuff going on. And especially since I was designing an iPad app um, directly on, on that iPad, to make space for the controls, I had to zoom out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So things on the screen were even smaller. So uh, I think that's where having a bigger iPad, like the, the Air or the Pro, really comes into play and makes this much better. Does it open sketch files? No. <laughs> that was uh, your <laughs> jumping ahead. That was kind of my last point about that. Um, oh, sorry. Which is kind of deal breaker for me. Um, Spoiled it. Yeah. That like prevents prevents me from like actually doing anything meaningful there is that it doesn't open sketch files or save sketch files, uh, which is kind of a bummer because otherwise would have been great because right now it's it's really limited to that graphic file format. Yeah. Uh, so you have to be all in or all out. Um, the good side is that they do have a Mac app too. So if you're ready to jump on board with everything, it's not a perfect match for a sketch. There is a lot of little features, things that are useful that I use on my day-to-day work that aren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if like most of the time you're going to be working on your iPad and sometimes you're going to work on a Mac, then I guess it works for you. Um, so the main thing, like... It, UI is great. The everything's almost everything's there. Really well made app, but the iPad in itself is kind of problematic there. Yeah, like the tap targets and all. I have just one problem with this UI. And okay, I'm just basing the the opinions like based on the screenshots that I that I'm that I'm seeing right now. Yeah. Uh, so I never used it, but. I'm pretty like disappointed because the UI is exactly like a Photoshop UI, like dark controls, a bar like an average bar on top. <laughs> Which Sketch uh, had a dark mode. You have the controls on the left, like all of the even the icons, like it's the same type of tools that you would expect. That's disappointing for me. Like, oh, this is. This is a new platform. This is a new type of computing device. Don't, I, I don't know. This is pretty, uh, this is pretty, uh, like, it, it's unfair for me to say because if you, would, you were to ask me to design a UI for, like, an iPad design tool, I have no idea where I would start. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, no, don't do it that way. And then you don't offer solutions. Uh, so it's fine. <laughs> well, whatever, I'm not doing it. This. It definitely has the uh, tool-based approach. That is a bit more similar to Photoshop than Sketch, which is kind of like in between. Um, no, but even Sketch, like even Sketch, I'm not saying that it should go with Sketch. It's yeah. not because of Photoshop. It's the classic, you know, computer design tool controls, right? Mm-hmm. But some things work better on the iPad than they do on the Mac. So, for example, drawing a Bezier curve is mm. awesome on the iPad. Yeah, it see. just 
it's supernatural. It it just feels so good. That's way better than anything on the Mac. Does it recognizes like can you just draw like a rectangle and you will recognize that shape as a rectangle and you know create a not a drawn rectangle but a uh, well there's a rectangle tool yeah but yeah <laughs> I still think that that's magic <laughs> the technology is there um, so, yeah. another thing like just selecting elements you can drag your finger and select multiple elements hmm. super cool on the iPad I don't know why <laughs> I I've had that reaction but. It just feels awesome to do that, and you have that direct manipulation feeling. Mm-hmm. I think it was awesome. Problem is, working for a, a long periods of time on the iPad isn't great. Like it's not really like in most ways that you like interact with the iPad, it's not super comfortable. So, like one. Like you can work with it, holding it in your hands, but that like gets old really quick. Um, mm-hmm. So if you want to set it on a table, it's either make it like standing, sort of straight up. Um, but then you have your your arms in the air all the time, like poking at the screen, which is super uncomfortable. And you would just like push it, uh, like it would fall, right? Wouldn't it? I don't know what, which case. Or oh, I have this uh, smart cover. Yeah, if you push it too hard on the screen, it will, you know, fall over. Yeah, it's it's still pretty strong. Like you can give it a good push, but yeah, okay. I I agree. Like maybe if you have an iPad Pro, <laughs> you like push the top of the screen and like yeah, if you sneeze falls over, too hard, um, yeah. you got more space. Um, and also for typing and text selection, these are worst things. So, uh, typing, mm. I did not have a a Bluetooth keyboard, so mm. I'm I'm assuming that with a keyboard, a real keyboard, that is gonna work well. Um, I ordered one, uh, but I haven't received it yet. The uh, Apple one. Sorry. Which one do you order? The, the Apple one. No, I ordered the Bridge iPad Mini keyboard. Oh, okay. So it's basically like a it's imagine your MacBook keyboard shrunken down to fit the the size of the iPad mini and you can Ugh. like put your iPad mini in. So it's not a full size keyboard like it's not but there's no way for it to be a full size keyboard but they've made like really good compromises to make it work. Um, okay. Okay. And all the reviews said that it was like one of the best keyboards that you could get. Um all right. So I don't know, we'll see. We'll give it a try. Uh, yeah. And text selection on the iPad. Gosh, is it so bad? Uh, the two finger selection thing makes that better slightly. You know what I'm talking about? If you put two fingers on the keyboard, uh, it acts like a trackpad, so you can move this the cursor around. It's a 3D touch thing. Uh, that's 3D. Yeah, that's 3D touch on the iPhone. On the yeah. iPad, it's two-finger swipe. Remember uh, on the first beta, they had that on the iPhone as well? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. I, I try u- to use that sometimes on, on my iPhone 6, and I'm disappointed <laughs> that it doesn't work. Wah, wah. Um, but one problem with that is because the, the iPad doesn't have force touch, 
the way they do selection, like not just moving the cursor around, but actually selecting the text, mm. is you tap and hold. So you tap and hold with two fingers Ooh. on the keyboard. Oh, okay. Wait okay. for a bit. Then it oh. pops up the selection thing, and then you move that around to control selection. Yeah, that's terrible. But it's awful. But like, I, it's so bad. But I, I guess it's gonna. It's not gonna be a problem once you have the keyboard, right? Uh, well, you can move around with the the keys, I guess. Um, you can do. You can do. I'm pretty sure, at least on the iPad Pro, you can do like, you know, Command Shift arrow keys and select yeah. the whole thing. Stuff like yeah, so that's going to get better. Um, but I, f I feel like even for the, um, the on-screen keyboard, they should sort of figure out a solution like it, or just put force touch on the iPad. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just painful mm -hmm. a lot of the times because most of my designs are, I guess, text heavy. Like there's, there's always like a lot of text elements very typographic mm. um, and editing a lot of text is a lot of like tapping around, selecting everything, changing like the color, or, like precise selection. And that's a big pain to do. Right. And so, yeah, it's not the most ergonomic ever thing ever either. So like I would not want to do this to work on this full time. Like that, it's a very temporary device in my opinion <laughs> like a lot of people have like get rsi and things like that from working at the computer yeah but like can you imagine what it's going to be like if people will work all day on an ipad that's yeah we're not there yet awful um we're not there yet but i'll tell you what if this if this were, were to open in saving sketch files uh all that debate of buying an ipad or a macbook would be over like i would buy yeah. the ipad yeah, even though I, I i wouldn't want to work this like on f like full time like exactly for a long period of time but to open make some changes and saving and sending it back or whatever that would solve it yeah that, that'd be fine for you actually like you have the perfect use case for that right. uh, in theory not there yet <laughs> not there yet um so, yeah, maybe with the pencil, some things are better. But, yeah, I don't have a, an iPad Pro, so I can't really say. Does this support the, the, the pencil? You know, I believe it does, yeah. Because it's been updated for iPad Pro, so I assume yes. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, and oh, it supports yeah, the... split screen, too. Like, you can reference something on the side and, like, do your work on the other. Uh, oh, one other thing that I'd like to... Uh, have improved is so I was designing an iPad app on the iPad what kind of sucked was that I couldn't preview things full screen I couldn't <sighs> get rid of the UI temporarily to see everything one to one so I yeah, had to always I was about easy. to ask you that yeah because so, you have to have like a weird gesture or something yeah I don't know or or a button or whatever I don't know yeah. Uh, yeah. The same way, I, I don't know if you use this, but in Sketch, I use this all the time. Command period. That gets rid of all the UI. Like that's. Yeah. Preview mode. Yeah. It's a must feature for me. It's, I use it so often. Yeah. Uh, especially on a laptop. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. I think, like, if you were to imagine how Sketch would be like on an iPad, this is as close as it gets, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, so if you want to get a feel of 
um, what it would be like. You should download that app. You you don't have to want to live the Vitici lifestyle or anything, but uh, <laughs> I think I think like just as an exercise, it's always interesting to see the different like UI choices and there's a lot of good thinking in there, and it really shows how a powerful uh, tool can work on the iPad, uh, which is interesting. So uh, I I'd really recommend it. It's ten bucks. So it's really not that much compared to um, the like price of normal tools that oh, yeah, you buy, uh, and it's totally worth it. Even if it's just like designing like a little thing here and there, I think it's worth mm-hmm. it, and I'm, I'm probably gonna use it for a few little things. Cool. I, I think I just need to you know bite the bullet and stop talking about this and actually build my. Or at least, you know, make a proof of concept of what a design tool for the iPad would look like. Yeah, totally. It's not. It's not like oh, I'll I'll show you. It's more like I I'm sick of talking about it and imagining like no, it's a different approach. Don't use the conventional thing. I'm just sick of this like of having this discussion and not actually like putting it in practice. Or at least like actually sit down and and think about this problem because it's a mm-hmm. big problem. And I think I, I should do it. <laughs> yeah, you definitely should. Homework. Yeah. Okay. All right, bye. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I would have to play with it a little more, I think, um, before like having a good sense of what are the problems of porting a lot of the paradigms that we have on desktop to the iPad and mm-hmm. seeing how making it different could be better. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely an interesting exercise. Okay, I'm gonna do it. Ooh, watch me, watch me. Ooh, okay. So what else? There, there, there's this uh, article online on the internet. Uh, all right, uh, give me a second. <laughs> We're gonna talk about this? Yeah. <laughs> okay so we have to there's a, there's this Our article duty. there's this blog post <laughs> online that uh is making its run on designer news and whatever the designers all do. the usual places <laughs> yeah what else is there i don't know reddit uh, twitter whatever so it's a post by ellie ellie schiff eli schiff i think eli okay eli schiff and it, it's titled uh, Unofficial Apple Icon Design Awards. Okay. Yep. <sighs> so I guess we should explain what the what the post is about. So yeah. Um, if you if you know Eli Schiff, like you you know like he's a very controversial dude um, mm-hmm. and likes kind of shaking things up, and that piece is no different. <laughs> Um, so you have to sort of interpret it in, in that way. Uh, but basically, uh, the article, um, makes fun of the move, of the move towards like simpler, more basic, minimalistic icons, 
And basically the format of the post is he's giving awards to um, the icons that would match Apple's like new sense of minimalism uh, the more closely. So, but in reality, um, it, it's sort of a satire and try to make to try to make fun of uh, what he thinks would be the quote worst icons uh, that are the less imaginative and the laziest quote. <laughs> um, so that's a bit what the the gist of what the article is. Yeah, that's right. It's a very sarcastic post. Um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I don't like this post, but I think the core of the discussion is a very valid one. Mm-hmm. That we, like it's subjectively like a problem for some. Like uh, it could be interpreted as a problem, but uh, I don't. Know. I, I don't like <laughs> it's. Uh, it's just like full of negativity. So if you really, if Eli wanted to start, uh, you know. A, healthy discussion on this uh, trend of this direction that some designers are are, are taking mm-hmm. i don't know I, I don't think that the way he wrote this it's not starting a discussion is just like making fun of it um and uh, i don't know it's like it's not adding anything it's just like look how stupid this is <laughs> well look how stupid all these designers are and whatever so that's yeah, but the core of it, the core of this whole discussion is a valid one, which is we are seeing this trend of um, icons nowadays, especially like beginning with the iOS 7 in uh, Yosemite, like very, 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 very minimalistic icons, like mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, getting to the point of, okay, this is not minimalism. This is just like incomplete, <laughs> some might say, like... This, uh, yeah, I I feel that this whole discussion and it's it's something that we we've seen since the flat design thing started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that we need to separate some people like complaining about the simplicity uh, of like flat design because like it, it takes less effort in a way. Like we had this rock star Photoshop designers that knew how to you know create these beautiful textures and shadows and like this real 3d stuff and then a designer like coming out of school can just do like a rectangle with a gradient and call it a day right so it's kind of like that you don't need skill and Uh, i think that's i don't buy that some some of these people i think they're just like uh, i don't know i feel like that's not design that that's sort of why I don't like this piece is I don't think it's um, really helping his point. It doesn't help make up any point, really. It's just right. throwing fuel to the fire. When I was reading this, it really sounds like, oh, I knew how to make this beautifully detailed icons. Now nobody wants them. <laughs> like old man yells at cloud kind of thing. Uh, and... I I do think like there are a lot of interesting things that we can um, sort sort of look at and think about um, in the issue that is he's bringing up, but by making it so um, I guess trying to make it a bit over the top and have something that is uh, like clickbaity slash funny slash like kind of pointing fingers. 
um, I just think it's counterproductive in a way. It, it's the way I kind of phrased it was, it's sort of uh, offering criticism, but without any reasoning or rationale. So, and when you do that, it makes it it you're just talking about personal preferences, right? It's like I don't like this. Mm. Okay, well, <laughs> like, there's no real discussions that you can have starting from there. Um, yeah, and I think that's unfortunate because a lot of um, Eli's previous pieces, while I don't necessarily agree with everything that he said, um, he's usually very eloquent in like the thinking that he's been doing on on that topic. I don't know. I just felt that it was a bit unfortunate to see that and I I don't like that having that kind of negativity in in our design community I think it it's fine to point out where when you disagree with where things are going mm -hmm. but I don't think this is the way to do it really yeah that yeah that's kind of like I was saying exactly like this is not adding anything uh but if you want to take that The, this trend uh i don't <laughs> here's the thing i don't even really acknowledge it as i mean it's definitely a trend like for example on ios we've seen more and more icons like a white icon with the actual icon inside right yeah take like uh like dropbox i don't know messenger youtube like netflix that's pretty bad but you know so we've seen it's it's yeah it's a thing it's it's happening more but it's not like it's not every icon that I have is it's like that and the winners like the the icons that Eli picked for 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 the article it's like the, it's not even like those famous of icons like of apps it's not like it's I don't think it represents <laughs> the landscape the 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 current landscape of things yeah he just picked these ones which would fit his argument and you know painted this this reality for this article in ah and it just seems like <laughs> can you imagine like a um like restaurant reviewer so like and the award of like the best meal and like a sarcastic piece that's like mcdonald's and like, sort of things like, yeah okay yeah sure <laughs> like but <laughs> it's not The same way that it's not every restaurant's goal to make the best food possible, it's not necessarily every app's goal to make like an award-winning icon that's gonna like turn the world upside down. Um, but I think a question that is worth asking is, yeah, there there's more app icons that, like you said, have like that white background. Is that a problem? Like is like what's what's the issue here? Is it like are we having trouble fi like finding which icons is which? Like is there a dis not discoverability, but um, are the icons not recognizable enough? Uh, is there a lack of of branding um, there that is kind of problematic, and we're uh, we're regressing? Maybe. Um, that being said, like, I don't see this as, I, I took a screenshot of my home screen. Um, and it's like, it's like about like 
little less than half of my of the icons are white, um, but they all have like a very recognizable icon on them. And if you look at the the Visco icon, that's their new icon. It is like the circle with the lines inside of it. Mm-hmm. Everyone probably knows what I'm talking about. His piece is supposed to point out the unimaginative icons, but I I actually think that in context of the category of of that app in the context of uh camera apps and photography app the visco icon actually stands out a lot it's a sea of camera icons that like when you look at photography apps but the visco is like this white and like circle shape Mm-hmm. that like sort of reminds you of of a shutter or um if you look at a camera like they have like these circle dials uh often with like lines on them at least that's how i see i see that icon it's like a very abstract um version of that i think it really matches visco's brand it's um like a hipstery kind of feeling of that app um has really obscure icons <laughs> which match the ui <laughs> um so yeah i think in that way it's successful but i think uh, eli's problem is not that like it's not that it's recognizable it's not that it's you know effortless in a way like for the designers ten of you like i think it's it's the the fact that people in like the audience is you know putting that type of icon as like the good icon like i think putting the standard there and that's i think that's his problem like because we've seen more and more the audience the people are going to think like expect icons to be this way and that's i think that's his problem in a way like for take the airmail and the author app If they were just like bad icons, if he thinks it would just like, okay, this is bad, uh, whatever. Well, too bad for the products, for the company. Like, yeah, <laughs> whatever. But I think what he's afraid of is this is like the new standard. Like, this is what you want. Like, take the mm-hmm. airmail. It's like the idea that now everyone's going to ask him to make icons like this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's his fear in a way. Mm-hmm. You know what? For 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 OS 10, I don't see that. <laughs> I really, really don't. I just <laughs> yeah. I'm just scrolling through my icons. Okay, my dog. Yeah, I, I have. I don't have one icon that would fit his argument. Yeah, I don't. So <laughs> maybe it's not that a like problem. Really, it's not there. I don't know. Yeah, another another thing. <laughs> another thing we can wonder is. Okay, so maybe it's because maybe it's just a a trend and they're like the design community like really often jumps on on these trends. Uh so why is that? Like why why do you think we see that often like all these big trends in design to to be new? Yeah, it's it's like fashion, right? It's yeah, exactly, exactly that fashion. I remember the first time I've I've seen uh, Windows 8, first Metro tile style, right? Hmm. I remember when there was like a developer preview, whatever it was like a free thing, and I installed it on the partition on my Mac, 
And at the time, I think it was Snow Leopard or Lion, maybe. Um, yeah. I don't remember exactly. But I remember looking at Windows 8 and, you know, famously, it was one of the first major OSs that had, like, a flat design. And even though it was terrible, <laughs> uh, I remember going back to to OS ten and feeling like, okay, this feels old. This really does. Like, it feels heavy and dense and, and fat and old. So that happens with trends. You see a new thing. It's not it's not particularly better, but it's just new and and, and it will have you will get that perception of like, okay, this is a new thing, right? So everything, everything else just feels old and outdated. So it was, yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah, it's it's like a pendulum that swings basically, and it yeah. doesn't need necessarily to have like only two ways. That's what Instagram is doing. He's, I do think Instagram though, that... it's waiting until <laughs> the <laughs> shadows and thing come back. Have you seen the beta icon? I mean, it would probably win an uh, <laughs> Eli Award. No, Instagrams? Yeah, you haven't seen that? So no. I have to see that. We'll we'll get your hot take on it. Uh one second. How haven't I seen this on Twitter? I don't know. It was it was all over my Twitter. Okay. Uh, gimme, 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 gimme. Okay. Where is it? <laughs> Are you really looking for it? Oh my god. <laughs> No. Wait. No, don't be negative. <laughs> okay, give me three seconds. Okay. Um, so paint us a word picture. What does it look like? Okay, so um, it's <laughs> it's a two-tone icon. It's a white and not black, but a very, very dark color. and we have the a circle in the middle, like for a camera lens. It's kind of like mimicking the old, like camera Instagram icon. So we have like the top part of of the the icon is white, the bottom part is black, and we have a little circle for the what do you call that on a camera? The flash thing, whatever indicator, whatever. Uh, that's the viewfinder, I think. Is it? Oh, makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a photographer. Uh, so Sorry. yeah, and um, guess what? No Instagram colors there, and uh, you have 188 items on Instapaper to read, <laughs> and, he has and you have badges on Instapaper. Yeah, the badge. talk about that. Okay, um, that guy has all the betas though. <laughs> who is this? C- can you say? I think it's like it's a VC or something. Huh. Okay. Here's uh, okay. So here's my problem with it. Like, like you, you guys, you you could tell I didn't find it. Like I was looking for it, so it's not recognizable. <laughs> People are gonna freak out. Um, <laughs> and to tell you what, if if you told me nothing about it, and if I didn't see the Instagram label. On the bottom, I would never say this. This, this was Instagram, ever. Mm-hmm. So that says something, I think. Well, but I mean, if I hit all the labels and I ask you, okay, find me 
the icon that represents Instagram. You would have you would have figured it out. Yeah, but if if like, this dude had the more, only icon that looks like a camera. If this dude had more like three camera apps, <laughs> maybe I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? well, because that so n- no one likes redesigns, <laughs> especially of, of right. like logos. Yeah, we'll cover you, that. You're just you're just not used to associating these shapes with like the brand or the app or whatever. But after a while, you just get used to it, and that icon or that thing, that logo becomes what you come to think of what the app is. So I don't think in that way it's that bad. Um, what I do still, feel, though, is... If, you, if people can't recognize it, I think something went wrong. Something You failed at some level. I just sent you something, which is a pretty bad icon, but <laughs> if Instagram did that... And right. I just Googled Instagram flat icon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are millions of them. You know, yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Instagram. I icon. wouldn't dislike it. And like, it would be, yeah, this is obvious. Yeah, sure. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. So this is a, yeah, this is a bold move. So wait. <laughs> so because you weren't aware of this, I need to like catch you up to, sp- <laughs> pick you up to speed with everything. Um, so first thing. <laughs> I do like that icon as an icon. I think it's a good-looking icon. Which one? The the Instagram icon. Okay. The beta one. I think it looks good and it takes advantage of the the shape of the icon. Yeah, it looks kind of modern. But the first thing I thought when I saw it was that wait, isn't that the the app icon from for front back? I just sent you a link. Um, and front back was this app where um, you take a picture at the same time, a front facing and a like mm. a selfie at the same time. So you right. get to see like your face and what you're seeing. Uh, and they have an app icon that looks really similar. Um, that is like the top half is white, the bottom half is black, and they they have like a smiley sign. That's the problem that. with having a very, very generic icon is, you know, it's not unique. It's not identifiable. Like you will, <laughs> you will find a lot of very similar things. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're Instagram, you don't really have a problem. Like, or Facebook, like how many app icons have an F on it? Like, you know, your Facebook, you win, you win that, that, that battle. But um but Instagram, this is a big departure. By the way, this is not like official final thing, right? No. So, and it's not going to be, it's, it's, so there was like a huge kerfuffle over this on Twitter. Everyone was freaking out like, oh my God, new Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Um, so the guy had to, <laughs> had to like backtrack and say like, no, 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 <laughs> this is just a beta icon for internal people only. It's not going to replace the current Instagram icon. Okay. So I have a theory. Yeah. Um, the Facebook and the Messenger icons are like, you know, grayed out. It's like black mm-hmm. and white. Yeah. And, you know, Instagram is part of Facebook. So maybe the language for betas 
icons on Facebook is like black and white. So maybe on the mm-hmm. final version of this icon, instead of that dark thing, it's going to be the classic brown Instagram brown thing. And that makes more sense. That's very possible. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> Fingers uh, crossed. I have to delete this because yeah. all these badges on this home screen is it, yeah, freaking me out. So <laughs> he has the, still, the old like word words uh, icon <laughs> words like, with friends and everything. Damn it! Okay, I'm gonna close yeah. tab. How can you deal with this? Right, should we put um, this on the show notes? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think personally, I kind of still prefer the new one over the current Instagram icon. Uh, if I had to choose, kind of like it better, would fit better with my home screen. Um, but, you know, <laughs> we'll see. I hope Instagram does something. Um, but uh, one last thing was that um, we talked a little bit about sort of the goals of this article that like were more like, about making fun of people rather than trying to see what the real issues are mm-hmm. um, and kind of the the fear that uh, people are going to ask all icon designers to do this thing uh, and it's not really the kind of work that he does, that he wants to do. And I think the best like counterexample of that is uh, Louis Mantia. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. Um, yeah. But like amazing designer, I would like get into like all these like leather textures and like super highly detailed icons. Um, but now he's making iOS like seven, eight, nine icons um, that do follow the aesthetic that um, the, that the new OS has. Um, but that have still all that personality, all that same style um so it's not because the the style evolves that what used to be a great icon designer is now useless i think there are really like fundamentals of icon design that can be applied to any any medium and there can be great icons that are minimal uh, it's it's just a visual style at that point yeah definitely i was not defending those people <laughs> And uh, Louis is a great example. He's a he's a brilliant designer. Gosh, so good. Ugh. And uh, have you seen all his uh, Star Wars stuff? Yeah, yeah. I'm Gosh, just looking at it right so now. So amazing. Damn it. I kind of hate him. In a way. <laughs> so talented. It's crazy. Anyway, so that's it. Um, I was wondering what the listeners thought about that article. Do you think? Um, that's productive like that is that is it okay if it's just an entertaining article that gives you a laugh and then you can move on with your day or or what love to know what you think definitely yeah i would love to we talk about this and uh we talk like for people even though right now i'm just talking to kevin i would love to extend the conversation throughout the space continuum timey-wimey thing and uh I would love to get uh, all the listeners' opinions if they want to chime in, if they really feel strongly about something. Um, yeah, and we will follow it up on the next episode. You can press the contact button uh, link 
<laughs> on layout.fm. Yeah, um, or follow us on Twitter. We're at layout.fm and um, follow us back and hit us a DM or a mention if you're brave in public. Nothing <laughs> to hide. Um, we'll get in touch. Be careful because what you tweet can and will be <laughs> uh, held against you. Yeah, use in court. Uh, and don't forget yeah, uh, about yeah. the Sketchcast episode. I'm going to put it free for you guys. So um, if you want to see that uh, plugin in action, um, give it a look. Do you want to tell uh, people that uh, they should really hire you? Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on, I am I am, I am. am starting to do maybe some freelance this year. So I'm still, <laughs> I'm like cautious about it. <laughs> But if you guys, if any of you, uh, if you're working on something cool and uh, you want some help on design or code or whatever, uh, hit me up on Twitter or email or whatever. And uh, yeah, I'm available for hire. He's the best people. <laughs> Go work with him. Alrighty. I'll talk to you next week, man. Cool. Bye. Bye.